What's up, man? How do you enjoy your East Coast trip? Yeah, how was the lobster, though? Come on now. Oh, don't even get me started. That was like the worst part of the trip. We spent really? like $38 on like a small little lobster sandwich in Boston. Oh, the lobster American rolls? American dollars. Ooh, the my, lobster rolls? Yes. Yeah. Did you get it my warm heart. or cold? I got it warm and it was cold. So I spent $7 <laughs> more and they still gave me the cold one. I'm like, what the fuck, man? And it wasn't yeah. that good. I'm not a big lobster guy anyway. I just went because they wanted to go. But uh, I expected big things, obviously, because, oh, lobster is the big thing right now. You know, it's yeah. so fucking expensive. So you expect it's going to be like greater than Kobe beef. But you try it. It's like it's just <laughs> shitty tasting fish. <laughs> it's not it that better good. than Halifax? Ah, <laughs> uh, Halifax. Don't even get me started. Oh, my God. I went to that lighthouse that's there. What's it called again? Yeah. It's sure. the first lighthouse in North America from the yeah. 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. And it was raining like crazy. It took an hour to get there, hour back, obviously. When we got there, it was raining like crazy. So we went up on the rocks, and there's like three signs up there saying, you know, come here at your own discretion. There's people that have died here before. And if you fall in the water, we're not going to come and get you. So that was a great start to it. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, on the line, out of the doghouse, just living his best life from the East Coast, I think. Josh Cohen, how you doing? Feeling fine. I don't understand how the season's here already. This doesn't make any sense. The summer's over. It's getting cold outside again. Raj is wearing a hoodie inside, so... Me too. Yeah. I probably should be too. It's pretty cold in here. <laughs> yeah, man. Crank down that heat. The bang of the paint, a residential medical expert back on his summer vacation, summer off-seasons. This guy's... Touring all over the world. Rajan Walia, how are you feeling? You know what? I had a good off season. You dummies have been playing summer league preseason, and as a season <laughs> vet, I just come in and straight into the starting lineup. Yeah, some of us gotta grind out here, Raj. I'm sorry. We're not we're not as privileged as the Carmelo Anthony of the podcast, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Hey, 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 I'm still in this league, alright? Don't discount me. <laughs> Damn. Okay, how about Carmelo Anthony like Four years ago, before he was, uh, you know, annexed from the league. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want Carmelo Anthony from like 14 years ago. That's what I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't be a banger, though. No, nah, that'd be whoa. the whoa. Nuggets. Prime... Anthony was a player, man. Prime Melo, 14 years ago, was in the Western Conference Finals. Ooh. See, I always thought of Raj like when you said banger. I always thought of like a guy who like just got in there, got grind, you know, gritty, grind, you know, grind it out, get some rebounds, push some people around. That's not Carmelo Anthony. He was more of a skill game. Obviously, he's going to push some people around in the paint too, but you know, he was more of a skill player. You know, right, Raj, Richard, eh? Raj would be like Rashid Wallace if he could, uh, you know, rebound without the shot. <laughs> or I was shoot. thinking more like Lonnie Baxter. <laughs> I was thinking more like Zach Randolph. Oh, wow. You think highly of yourself. Right? <laughs> There's a walking double-double machine? <laughs> How do we not know that? When I play with you fools, like, I don't know. We're talking triple-double. One end of the spectrum to the other. We have Lonnie Baxter, Rasheed Wallace, and Zach Randolph. Okay. This guy's either a superstar or a scrub. I'm not sure which one. I mean, I, I, I think we think highly of Raj. Josh, you just don't think highly of him enough. I'm afraid I to mean, ask. You know, you like everything, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Joey Graham. Joey Graham. Oh, man. That's, that's yeah, don't, Stephen Graham. At least, 
as at least give me Charlie Villanueva, please. Well, Charlie was a Charlie pro, Charlie Villanueva was a problem <laughs> back in the day. How about like, we just meet in the middle, call him PJ Brown? PJ Brown was ooh, a nice player. Ooh, I was gonna say oh, how and he's a banger, but yeah, PJ Brown works. <laughs> Okay, I feel so privileged. You guys have been. This is what you guys have been spending yeah. for the last like six weeks trying to find my player comparison. Yeah, it's true. Nothing's happened in the NBA. I mean, James Harden's still on the 76ers and not going to practice. Damian Lillard's kind of moved to a you know, a finally having a contender of a team around him with a an MVP candidate. No big deal. The Phoenix Suns just got Bradley Beal to go with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Whatever. Austin Reeves is apparently the like the third best player on the on a real contender. Third best player, Josh. Second best player, maybe. Maybe the, maybe the second best. Maybe player. Maybe the second. Ooh, ooh, my apologies. Uh, the, I can tell you one thing that hasn't changed: the Toronto Raptors are still the Toronto Raptors, baby. Just sitting there, just stagnant. Anyways, all of that said, Raj, I know you were touring all around the world, but. What have you seen in this off season? In this preseason? If you've, you know, I know you're just grinding out tapes in your off time what have you seen amongst all these teams amongst these players like give me something nice give me someone that you're actively looking forward to seeing are we talking about contenders or teams that are just taking it up a notch you can talk about markel fultz running the point in orlando for all i care you can talk about whatever you want man (laughs) we're here this is an open book this is a safe space it's all good all right, I'm I'm gonna say this because everyone's gonna end up talking about them. I think the Phoenix Suns, considering what they started off doing and all the question marks about how they're gonna build their roster around their big three with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and um, Bradley Beal, I think they've actually done a decent job at at least finding players that can fill in for them getting scoring off the bench, getting a few other bodies. Cause we were looking at like, they're going to have six players, max seven players that play even in the regular season. And I think they did a good job of rounding off their roster. And uh, of course, moving on from Aiton has been a big step in the right direction. Um, so again, I would have to give James Jones some credit there. Um, what he's doing with the roster is uh, again, a step in the right direction. Of course, picking up Grayson Allen off of, um, the Bucks again, your, uh, Nurkic is going to be their center. Um, of course they have Eric Gordon and Wantanabe. Like they have some players there and again, still going to be question marks, but they're not as bad a predicament that we thought they were going to be in. Um, and then another team, I don't know how you pick this off, but, um, I actually think the Orlando Magic are going to be a team that will be contending for a play in spot this year, like seriously pushing. I mean, to be honest, in the East, it doesn't actually mean much, right? Because you can sort of eliminate the Pistons and the Wizards, like, right off the bat. And the Hornets. That's three teams. So Yeah, but the, let me just the say Magic this. The have to I, compete for a play-on spot. They will be a top eight team. See, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, I was expecting more of a hot take there. Yeah. Now, now you're starting to get into it. Soon enough, you're going to say top six and then maybe top four. So this is good. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it in the right direction. Uh, I will say they will be the seventh seed when the season ends. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs necessarily depends on injuries, but they will be a seventh seed just because. Ooh, I like that. I don't want to jinx it, but they do have (laughs) a bunch of young players. Um, They got a lot of playing time under their belt. Of course, Fultz is coming back. Franz Wagner, I think, is going to take a step in the right direction this year. Um, Again, 
I think overall, like they have to sort out where Jalen Suggs fits into their long-term picture. Um, they have to figure out about Jonathan Isaac. Is he ever actually going to play another game? Um, but once they figure that out, I think they'll actually be a, a playoff team. Yeah, just quickly on the Suns. Um, I don't think they're going to be a very good regular season team. I think that their top three guys get injured way too often. And, you know, letting go of Aiton, uh, you know, trading him for Nurkic and Grayson Allen. I just wasn't a fan of that move. I know they had to get rid of him, but he got like 50 cents on the dollar, maybe. And he's a good regular season player, too. Like he puts up stats. He's a he's a minutes filler and he plays 70 games a year. And Nurkic has played like 40 games a year in the last couple of years. And their big three average out at probably like 50 games a year, 55 games a year in the last few years. So if and when they have two or three injuries to their main guys, you have a bunch of minimum contract guys behind them. And Eric Gordon can fill in a little bit, obviously. But I don't think they're going to be as good record-wise as a lot of people seem to think. I think they're going to be like in the Clippers territory where they're just going to be fighting for a playing spot. I think they're going to be in the plan this year. So, so hold on. I don't know. I don't see it. In the West, you you sort of want to knock off. Wait, you said the Phoenix is going to be close to the plan? Is that what you're saying? Wow. I am saying okay. that. So we're going to have Denver and LA as the top two seeds, presumably, right? Sacramento? Golden uh, State? I, s- I think all those teams... I think all those teams really fit. Like, there's going to be Denver, especially with their home court advantage probably going to be the one or two seed and then there's just the rest of the middle and i think then after like like you're talking about the lakers you're talking about um teams like uh the sacramento kings the golden state warriors like they're kind of probably going to be somewhere between the two and six and then there's another drop after that um and uh, i think josh is saying that the suns are going to be in that third category of teams that's a that's a very hot take. That's that's just wild. I don't know. <laughs> I think for that to happen, you'd need to have injuries for all three guys like sync up at the same time. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Yeah. Even if one guy is out, if you look at their lineup, like who's going to replace Bradley Beal? Who's going to replace Devin? Especially if Devin Booker gets injured, they are not in a good spot. If Booker gets injured, really- yes. But if even KD, if KD gets injured, they are completely screwed. Yo, so, have, and that's going to happen eventually. Have you ever seen Utah Watanabe play basketball? <laughs> Utah Watanabe needs Kevin Durant because <laughs> if you saw his numbers last year, he was around 50% from the three-point line, especially from the corners yeah. when KD was on his team. And then once he left, he just completely okay. leveled off. Have you seen Chemezi Metu play basketball? Better? Most people have not. No. Not even Sacramento Kings fans have seen Metu play. I mean, I okay, I understand. Like... The idea that all three of them is, will be healthy for the whole season is like ludicrous. You're not expecting that. I don't think Frank Vogel is going to expect that out of his team. They're going to end up resting a lot of their stars or like playing, you know, limited minutes, right? Especially KD. KD's like 34, 35. He's got KD amongst like the other three or the other two are is definitely the oldest one. But to say that the Suns are a tier below the Lakers is that's a little much, man. I'd go. In terms of like standings or you know ranking the top three, I'd go Nuggets, Lakers, Suns. But Lakers and Suns, I think, are still interchangeable. I really like their bench. Like it's a bunch of random minimum guys, but all these guys sort of play their role really well. 
Yeah, that's, again, assuming that the stars are available, right? The, my biggest thing is, like, this team is built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. you got those three guys in a playoff series. Sure. And then maybe Nurkic is healthy. Even if he's not, they have Drew Eubanks, who I think is pretty decent. It might be better than him at this point anyway. Um, so you've got those three guys in a series, you know, come playoff time, and they're actually healthy. Great. they got to make the playoffs first. But I think we're underplaying how you're supposed to team build in today's day and age. And, you know, if the Lakers have an injury to LeBron or AD, like we saw last year, they both played 55 games, I think. And, you know, they barely made the play-in. I think the same situation is going to happen with this. And the Lakers improved their depth this year. So I think if that happens, they'll be in a better position to still be in the top six. Whereas if the Suns have injuries, which are going to, I think they're going to have a much harder time winning these games, especially on the road. Yeah, like... Again, I don't think the Suns are the most deep team, but I think they did round out the roster. I'm not sure about salary uh, space that they have left once they dumped Aiden. Um, again, I, I do see them improving the roster at the deadline, picking up a few players on like vet mids or mid-level exceptions if they still have one again. Um, they not, don't. Okay. They got well, nothing, man. So maybe vet mids. That would be about it. Um, but, uh, again, if you look at the West there, every team has like a big question mark minus the nuggets and even them, um, like in terms of just replacing the production, um, that they got, um, last year, once they lost, uh, Bruce Brown, um, that's, I would say not a big question mark, but still a question mark for them. But obviously the Warriors are older team. The Suns have depth issues. The Lakers are older and injured often, um obviously sacramento is one of the up-and-coming teams but i don't think they're going to be a top two or three seed i think they again will be pushing for a four to six the thunder again a great story last year um exceeded expectations i expect them to be pushing a lot more the mavericks have probably regressed a bit the trailblazers are awful the clippers have injury issues like there's no really complete team other than the nuggets that's like okay we know what we're gonna get and oh yeah in memphis like they don't have jaw for half the year or 30 games can anyone here name like five role players so like the five players who may close out a game for the mavericks okay i just I like I, I i can't think of who i would rely on from that team other than obviously luca and Kyrie. grant williams will probably end up closing out games Fair. Yeah. And you would say Josh Green, but then Jason Kidd doesn't seem to like him, even though he played really well last year in spurts. So he should be one of the guys. But Josh Green is really and small, though. He's like 6'4", 6'5", playing at the 3? I think he's he's 6'5", I think. But, you know, he's he's quick, yeah. and he's got he's a, he's a big guy for his size, I think. He's going to be playing of, the 3, though, next to Luka and Kyrie. Ooh. Who else do they have, though? That's what I mean, I'm they can put Grant Williams on the bigger wings, obviously. Um, but in terms of quicker players, like you want yeah. Josh Green in there because they don't really have anybody else unless you want to put Dante Exum in the game and <laughs> he's a wild card right now. So and he's um, he's too small to play the three. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you got Maxi Kleba probably closing out games for you because I can't. And Dwight Powell, of course, because Dwight Powell is always going to close out games. <laughs> doesn't, it. doesn't matter who's in the lineup. Like Joel Embiid can get traded to that team. Dwight Powell's still going to play. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's loyalty, man. It's like keeping Udonis Haslam around for so long. Loyalty to your guys. I mean, for me, though, the team that I'm looking at, I know we've talked about them before, is the OKC Thunder. I think that they're going to take a major leap this year. <laughs> I like their depth in the regular season. 
I mean, even before the trade they just made to get Kevin Porter Jr. then wave him because they just had to get, get a couple guys off their team. They had some like Genius. real, yeah. I mean, they got a couple more picks, which they love, obviously. But they had like a really a real roster crunch. Like they had eighteen guys, and you're like, these are actually eighteen legitimate maybe players on the team. So which guy is going to cut? Like they were had to choose between um, potentially Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's actually like a decent player. He's still young and everything, and they obviously just traded him to, to Houston. But he was one of the guys potentially the chopping block. And you know they made a lot of changes in the off season in terms of their bench. They got Michich in there. Um, they got some young players still growing, and then you have Chet coming in, and Chet's looked unbelievable Ooh. in the, uh, the preseason. Ooh. And OKC plays a style that nobody else really plays. Like they have an identity; they're just going to run the ball down your throat, and SGA is going to do his thing. And I like the way that they play. They just they go hard. Like Raj will love this team because all they do is get to the rim. They just get to the <laughs> rim and bang. That's all they do. Yeah, that's that's my style. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> If you look at this team, I think you can name seven players or eight players that could be <laughs> starters on most NBA teams. Like, obviously, you'll have a few bench guys that may be the fifth option on maybe some of the weaker NBA teams. But obviously, you have Shea, you have Chet, um, you have both the Jalen Williams, uh, you have Josh Giddy, um, and again, Lou Gensdorf. Like, those... Players are five, six guys right away that would probably start for most teams. And this is not what you'd expect to hear when you looked at OKC's roster two years ago. That's true. And you haven't even mentioned, like, the lesser popular guys, right? Like, Trey Mann is a very good bench player. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's probably not going to play. Somehow, yes. You know what I mean? Isaiah Joe's better than him, right? So Isaiah Joe's going to play over him. Zinger's a better shooter, not a better ball handler. But whatever, that's not not. No, but you, you don't need a ball handler when yeah. you have you know you got Giddy, you got Williams, you got SGA, and now you have Michich. Like they just have a lot of guys that can handle the ball, and they just play off each other really well. So I think that they're going to make a major step up. They're going to be a top four seed this year, maybe top three. So. And they have Davis Bertans. What? He's actually going to play for them, too, because they actually need shooting off the bench, and he's going to get a lot of open shots. And they need a big, like, just, like, a big body A body, side. yeah. 6'10", Davis Bertens getting buckets. I like it. Also, if they're in contention, if they're, like, a top four, top five seed come trade deadline, like, this is the team for Robert Williams to go to. Oh. Like, if he is on this team, Ooh. and you have him and Chet together, Ooh. like, their defense will go from here to here. They were um there were rumors that they were trying to get Damian Lillard in the offseason too. Like they were ready to go for it to make like a big big leap this summer. Yeah, but so. I think it's better that they didn't just cuz then you're taking the ball out of Shea's hand and he's much more of a threat on the ball than off the ball. For sure. I I totally agree, but my whole point is they were ready to make something big. Either that or they're just throwing that like throwing themselves into the rumor mill just to see what happens. But nonetheless, OKC was ready to, you know, ready to do something instead of just like, remember two years ago when they would just sit Shea halfway through the year and make up a fake injury? Those days are long gone. (laughs) Thank God. We can finally see the OKC Thunder at their fullest potential. That'll be fun. It will be fun. I mean, a lot funner than, uh, I was going to talk about the Raptors because, you know, (laughs) I just like to shit on them. But <laughs> Josh, break his heart. Just break it. Smash it into no, pieces. I'm I'm like kind of optimistic about this team. Not 
in the sense that they're going to do any real damage. But I kind of like what Coach Darko is doing, man. These guys are actually moving the ball in, in preseason. It's kind of weird. Not seeing as much iso ball. Old veterans are actually taking uh, accountability. Chris Boucher uh, went on uh, the Raptors Show podcast with Will Liu and Alex Wong and just straight up said, like, yeah, you know, like, a lot of our veterans just messed up last year. The guys didn't want to give up their positions to the young guys, but we got to learn who we are. I kind of respect it. It's like a real uh, wake-up call for a lot of these older guys. I mean, they're saying all the right stuff, whether it comes into practice or not, who knows. But I'm like, I'm low, low, low-key optimistic about the Raptors. I'm I'm not. I think in today's yeah. NBA... Yeah, sorry to break it to you, Peter. Um, I think they won't do as bad as they did last year. I think they'll be <laughs> roughly the same. Um, but overall, I think the big question with the Raptors is they just don't have enough athletic guards. That's really the the big like big void in their team. They obviously went with playing everyone 6-9 and above and that didn't work out so well when your primary ball handler was barely 6 feet. Um and I think obviously like solidifying the center position this year has been big and they have some good wing depth. They have players that can play the four it's just like they need guards um and the good thing for them is if they are willing to move on from some of their players they may be able to get a young guard to build with the rest of this young roster um and they may have to move on from one of their vets but hey like they have Pirtle, siakam uh ananobi barnes that all can play in the front court and who do they have in the back court they have what malachi gary trent jr <laughs> schroeder schroeder man come on FIBA MVP. I, I, no disrespect to him, but like uh, he's not sounds, sounds uh, disrespectful. I'm just saying, well, sounds disrespectful. They just need a bit more athletic guards and guards that can shoot. That's probably the biggest thing. They just need they need a two. That's what they need. Yeah, I think they needed a point guard more. I was really hoping that they'd be able to trade Pascal for Scoot before the draft started, and then we can build around Scoot and Scotty, but. Obviously, that didn't happen, so we're still stuck in the same scenario where we have basically no shooting around, you know, super athletic wings, which is what everyone wants, obviously, but we have nothing around them. We just have a lineup that does not make any sense, and, you know, the ball movement might help a little bit, but they're not going to get as many steals and breakout opportunities at the same time, which is what fueled their team last year. So their defense better take a step up or else they're just going to be in the same position, you know, hoping to get in the play-in, I guess. So no, it's man. not a great situation to be in. 12 all seed. You, all you just needed was, like, a change of leadership. <laughs> Fred's gone. Nurse is gone. You got guys with their heads on right. New focus, you know, new energy in the team. No. You need, like, you need something like half no, no. to myself. Yeah, you, 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 I, I can hear it in your voice. Your voice is cracking. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be optimistic, man. It's a home team, you know. I, I just hope they do well. No, d- just just as a Raptors fan, they are not making the playoffs this year. Oh, damn! No play or the plan. No, no. They're twelve seed, right there. Oof. And then 12? we give up our pick to the Spurs, so that's fun. Oh, the Spurs! Wow, what a what a fun experiment that's been to watch, eh? Wemby <laughs> seems to be uh, quite good. Josh, quite, quite good. Yeah, I guess that's for another podcast, though, right? The Wemby pod. <laughs> you want to just have a, a sole podcast dedicated to Wemby Nyama? 
for his rookie year the preseason. Why not? Man, we should just do it every week, like a Wemby check-in, see how he's doing every week. <laughs> we should. Even when he's injured. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even when he's hurt, when he's like sitting out a week uh, due to mysterious illnesses from Pop, we'll still check in and see how he's doing. Yeah, we can also see how Point Sohan's doing too. It's gonna be weird, man. I, I'm not. I'm not high on that decision at all. <laughs> Just seems strange, you know. I sort of like it though. If you're gonna tank, you might as well try different stuff throughout the year and see what happens. Yeah, they still have Trey Jones, don't they? He's coming off the bench. Okay, mm. yeah, uh, this is killing me right now, but. Are the Pelicans going to be a top three seed this year? Maybe Josh in his crystal ball when he was looking in last year. Uh, maybe he misread 2022-2023 and it was actually 2023-2024. Well, that was nice of Raj. I mean, he just asked you a question and then he just like abruptly disappeared. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? That's just... What bangers do, I guess. Man, I don't know. this guy lined us up, lined us up, talking about the Pellies, talking about the Pelicans and how Zion's going to do this year, and then just, like, peaced out on us. That's, Complete uh, hit and run. Whoa, 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 sir. Actually, yo, I saw a hit and run today. It was so wild. Like, dead serious. Okay. I was, like, in Come a on. bakery in Chinatown, and I just, like, looked outside. I was, I was like, paying, so there's, like, a, a direct line out the door. And uh, I just see, like, this white painter's van. Like turning, like you, like coming in in front of another car, like just to like parallel, and all I heard was, <laughs> like yo, without exaggeration, half the shop just looked outside. <laughs> we saw this car, and then you know when you like hit something and you're like, oh shit, like did I actually just do that? The van just stood there for like five, seven seconds, and then just booked it. Oh my goodness, rough. Yeah, my uh, my previous coworker who will not be named um, when I used to work for the other company mm. that I used to work for. Um, he told me that one day he sort of did the same thing. He was with one of his friends, and they were by a shopping mall, and he sideswiped the car, and instead of like he hit them pretty hard too. Yeah. And instead of stopping, he just completely booked it. And I'm like, wow, you're a scumbag. Yeah. I don't like you already, but now I hate you even more. So. <laughs> Before you were just annoying, but now you're a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, now you just confirmed everything I thought about you, so I can't wait till I don't have to work with you again. And luckily, it wasn't that long afterwards that you know he was fired. So good, probably good. Anyways, so let's yeah. not call this a hit and run. Let's say uh, he teed us up. Yes, yes, that's a good way of putting it. He teed us up like uh, uh, T. Morant for a job, but not actually, you know. Memphis what a story Grizzlies that was, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't even know he was, like, teammates of Ray Allen. I actually didn't read the article. Is he? Or yeah, was he was he? teammates of Ray Allen. He was jealous of, you know, Ray Allen living the life, and he thought that he deserved to live the same life as Ray Allen and be able to live the NBA lifestyle. And that's part of the reason why he's out club hopping as a 50-year-old man who's married and going out with his own son to these different venues and living it up. So I gotta, I gotta read this article later. It's interesting. <laughs> I uh, I listened to like the ESPN Daily podcast with uh, Tim McMahon, who was like one of the co-authors of the article. But it's not the same, right? Like you don't get the same amount of information when someone's just talking about it and recapping everything. Yeah, I just read the Reddit recap to be honest. I listen to the podcast as well. 
but that was the main gist of it that uh, you know T Morant is the the main person behind what Ja is basically going through because before Ja got in the NBA he never drank he never smoked he had no issues at all but as soon as he got the money his father decided to uh, live the life that he's always wanted to live because his buddy Ray Allen made it and he didn't. Fucking <laughs> Jesus, man. Okay, well, anyways, back to the Pelicans, because I think that... <laughs> we keep getting sidetracked here. He teed it up for us, and we keep going in opposite directions. Yeah, I know. We're not doing Raj justice here. I, I kind of want to talk about the Grizzlies more than the Pelicans, to be honest, but I know you like the Pelicans, so... I don't know. Which do you, which would you rather talk about, Josh? I'll let you choose this. Do you want to talk about the, I think we, the Marcus Smart we, Grizzlies? Yeah, or, I think we've already talked about the Pelicans before. I mean, just the fact that they've already had like five injuries and the season hasn't even started yet, and Zion's not one of them is not a good sign. Yeah. So we could talk about the Grizzlies. The, the Pelicans basically dumbed down to if Zion is healthy, they're probably going to be pretty good. If Zion's not healthy this year, they're probably going to be pretty rough again. And the odds are that he'll be injured again because he's Zion Williamson. He's always injured, and it sucks because he's incredible at basketball and we want to watch him play. It's a pretty good summary, yeah. right? I think so. Raj yeah. will be proud. All right, let's let's get to the Memphis Grizzlies then, because this team, I mean, without Ja for twenty five games, so we're looking at mid December. I think just before Christmas, he's back. Uh, so you're going to have Marcus Smart and Derek Rose, both newcomers to the team, basically handling the point guard positions, and have both announced that they're not going to babysit Ja during the season, which is you know kind of nice, good leadership skills, I guess, but. Aside from all that, they're kind of they're kind of weaker than they were last year, right? I would think, at least without Brandon Clark, a lot of the a lot of the roster is still similar. Obviously, they lost Dylan Brooks, so we'll see how Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard fill in that that perimeter position. But it seems a little bit sloppier than last year, a little bit weaker. Yeah, but they always have guys step up, though, right? Like Santi Aldama was one of those guys last year. That filled in when uh, and Xavier Tillman too, like he was a really good player in the playoffs for them. Um, you know, so even though Brandon Clark is injured for part of the year, I think he's back in the new year, probably in February or March. So if he gets back healthy and Jaws back at that time, I could see them leveling up if they, you know, tread water for a little bit and are top eight seed. Then I think that they'll be okay. But to start the season, yeah, like they have a major issue, especially a backup point guard. And I've heard that Marcus Smart's injury is, you know, more severe than what they're leading on as well. Oh. So, I mean, if he's injured, then you have Derek Rose as your starting point guard, I guess. And they don't really have anybody. Else. I'm looking at the roster right now. Like they don't really have another point guard. So I think he's going to have to play regardless. For I sure. I guess they might have to experiment with Desmond Bain, maybe a point guard a little bit. Maybe well, Kennard they, can play a little bit. So, they they had Desmond Bain running the point last year too when Ja was out. Obviously, Tyus Jones was the main point guard last year, like backup point guard. But Desmond Bain has been working on his handle, right? Kind of like how uh, the Timberwolves tried to put Zach Levine into that ball handling position back like a few years ago. No, for sure, and I think he can make up a lot of not not a lot of, but enough of what Ja maybe is leaving behind with not being in the lineup. I think Bain can be like a 25-point-per-game guy while he's out. But yeah, I mean, around those guys, they're going to have to find contributions from guys you've probably never heard of before. And, you know, I think another guy that they're going to have to rely on is Zaire Williams. I mean, he didn't have a good year last year. And he's a guy that has a lot of potential as a 6'9 forward that can shoot threes. And he had a really good playoffs two years ago. And then last year, it was a complete write-off for him. 
So I think he's going to be key in how they hopefully tread water in the first 25 games. Yo, they, ha- they have a rookie named Adonis Arms. How incredible of a name is that? That guy needs... Is there a better teammate for him than Desmond Bain? My God. <laughs> I haven't even looked at this guy's picture. I should probably look at it. But Adonis Arms, man. What a, what a strong name. Well said. Well said. <laughs> I wonder who benches more between him and Desmond Bain. I mean, he does look pretty cut. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yo, good for Adonis, man. Get your position. Perfect name. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, they're going to have to get contributions from everybody. I think maybe even Kenneth Lofton. You know, Kenny Lofton can maybe get in there all 300 pounds of him. My God, man. 300. Woo! That's a big boy right there. Between him and big body Roddy, that's a, that's a lot of weight to throw around on that team. Yeah, they are quite the uh, girthy team. That is for sure. They really are, but, right? Uh, Jesus. All the... Like, all the stat nerds seem to think that they're going to be first in the West this year, which I don't really understand based on their current health situation and jobbing out. And uh, Steven Adams coming back from injury. There's no guarantee he's going to play 65 games this year. Hell no. So a lot of stuff has to go right for them. And Marcus Smart has to prove that he can actually still run the point. I wonder if they saw Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, at all during the summer, during the FIBA World Cup, because uh, if Steven Adams is not playing if he's not rebounding for them whoo the team's in a lot of trouble boy no absolutely and they have to find secondary scoring as well like behind those two guys so i think uh, luke canard is going to be a big piece for them in the first 25 games mm-hmm. and marcus smart's gonna have to play 35 plus minutes a game because derrick rose is he might be washed at this point rough oh that's sad can we uh move on to stats corner and not be so you know, not be so grim here. Yeah, I'll try to find something that'll bring up the mood a little bit. Um, Just don't talk about retired players, and I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I'll bring up two different things in Stats Corner this week. So along the lines of, you know, Desmond Bain having to take a much bigger role and having to shoot the ball a lot, um, can you name the most shot attempts per game by a player since 1997. So this is accounting for field goal attempts per game. So the average field goal attempts per game since 1997. So you can name the top 10 guys because one guy has four spots in the top five four. in terms of field goal attempts. <laughs> is it Kobe? Season. Kobe is actually number two. Oh. This other guy has one, three, five, uh, four, and five spots just locked down. Dwayne Wade? No. It's not LeBron. This this one should be easy for you. Come it's on. It's not LeBron, is it? No. Who else is it? Kevin Durant? No. The highest um, field Am goal attempts per game. Am I thinking too hard here? Yes. Is it Allen Iverson? Again, since 1997. Allen Iverson? Correct. His highest total was 27.8 field goal <laughs> oh attempts per game, God. which is insane. Like, his arms must be mush right now. So the other five guys in the 6 through 10 range are all guards. Are you okay there? And it sounds like you're struggling talking about these guards. <laughs> I am coughing like crazy right now, but I'm going to get through it. Well, I'm a soldier. I'm going to get these shot attempts up, yeah, just man. like these guys. Gilbert Arenas. 
Uh, no. So in terms of active players, actually Iverson is actually number eight as well. So he's there's actually four guys left here. Yeah, I... Two guys are active. Mm. Um, one guy used to play with MJ, and he was also on the Detroit Pistons. With MJ and on the Pistons? He got traded for Rip Hamilton. Stackhouse? There you go. Jerry oh Stackhouse, God. 24 shots a game. The and the two active guys are obviously major chuckers in the last couple of years. They both still play in the NBA right now. Lillard? Nope. Bradley Beal? No, both guys won MVP. Embiid? Steph? Guards. Nope, not Steph. That won an MVP? Who the hell has won MVP and a guard? And an active player? This is recent, too. Derek Rose? No. I mean, good guess, I guess, but no. What do you mean? What other guards have won MVP? The past few years, we've had Embiid, Giannis twice, and Jokic twice, right? Before, oh, James Harden okay, and Russell so Westbrook. God damn it. There you go. Thank you. It's going to be like, yeah, you're exposing yourself oh, right at the end of this podcast God. to keep that part out of it. Oh, my goodness. Lee. That was pitiful. James Harden, how did I forget you? And the last guy used to play for the Raptors. That may not help you, but we'll see. Vince? Nope. Mike James? Mike James is a chucker. <laughs> no. Twenty. This guy shot 24 times a game. Well, that's a lot, man. It's not Kawhi. And he led the league in scoring, if that helps. The year that he shot... That he- I, I would assume so. He averaged 32 points a game in an era where scoring was tough. Not Vince. Not McGrady. Was there you McGrady? T Mac. Yep. 24 shots a game, 32 points per game. What and year was that? That was in the 03 season. 03. Oof. Okay, okay. So that was like. That was like almost prime T Mac, or like T Mac at the top of his powers. That was T Mac oh, at yeah. the top of his powers. I think that was the year they played Detroit in the first round, and then after uh, Orlando was up 3-1, he said, oh, it's, it feels so great to finally get to the second round. Never again. And then they lost the series. Never again, sir. Not until... <coughs> what year was that? 2014, where they uh, blew it against the Heat? 2013? The Spurs? Yeah, something like that. 13, 13, 13. That was the last time T-Mac, or first time T-Mac got past this, the first round. And the bench yeah. player. Oof. And he didn't even play. How sad. Talk your shit, T-Mac. Doesn't help. Not in the league. <laughs> Alright, that was Not good. Not anymore. Hmm? You got one more? Uh, I mean, if you want it. Let's see if I can survive the next no, few minutes. Man, well, <laughs> save your throat, man. You gotta, you gotta work tomorrow. You gotta deal with your kid. You Rest up. Appreciate hey, that. We got a lot more Stats Corner coming this year. We got a lot more if... Uh, you know, maybe Raj will join us again for maybe a full podcast. Who knows? Who knows what this year holds? Yeah, maybe in three months he'll join us again. Three months. I'm going to have to find a new co-host, man. I'm going to cut this Might guy, send to. him to the bench. Raj is going to come out like Jordan Clarkson out here. Oh, God. I feel like we're the Brooklyn Nets. We're slowly just drifting apart. I think Raj has already, you know, asked for a trade. So eventually I think none of us are going to be in the podcast, sadly, you know. Oh, my God. That's sad, man. I wonder if I get to play with an MVP, though. I mean, I guess Raj is our Harden right now. He's the one demanding out, so... 
he already demanded out for what 20 minutes of the podcast so <laughs> jean harden i knew it all along mm-hmm. this guy we should have known his work ethic when we first met him party animal fat suit and everything Ouch. yeah no doubt <laughs> all right i'm gonna call here i want to thank everyone for listening please remember to rate and subscribe you can find us on itunes on spotify hit us with those five star uh, reviews <laughs> give us those good comments we're on all the socials i'm talking tiktok instagram youtube x no longer twitter josh just x.com weird duly noted <laughs> and until next time peace